Hi, I'm Jo Flanagan and I'm the CEO of Women's Health Tasmania. Welcome to an episode of She's Out There, a podcast series on women's health. This podcast is good for any woman in Australia, but it's really helpful if you live in Tasmania. There are resources to go with today's podcast available on our website. I'm still in the work car with um, Dr. Sue. If you have listened to the uh, podcast on menopause, you will have met Dr. Sue already. Um, we're here recording a podcast on larks, and they're not the birds of the morning either. It's another one. So if you haven't met Dr. Sue before, she's the medical director at Family Planning, and she also is a practicing GP. So a great combination of skills. Hi, Sue. Hi. <laughs> so could you start by explaining to us what a lark is? So a lark stands for long-acting reversible contraceptive. So it's a general practices, um, will, there will be a GP within the practice who can put in and take out implanons. Um, IUDs, some GPs have got training in, in putting IUDs in. Um, public hospitals will put in IUDs and implanons and family planning. So we've got clinics in Burnie, Launceston and in Glenorchy um, where we do a lot of implanon insertions and removals and IUD insertions and removals. Probably copper IUDs are a little bit more difficult to access in in uh, rural communities. There's not many GPs that put copper IUDs in. Um, which is a pity because they're fantastic emergency contraception as well. Um, so they would be a little bit more difficult to access and you probably need to go to a family planning clinic for that. So in your practice experience, why do some women choose implanon and some choose IUDs? And Some women feel that an implanon is a little bit easier to, to get in and get removed and I think they're right. Um, really to put an implanon in, it's a very quick process. We put a little bit of local anaesthetic in under the skin so that stings for a couple of seconds and then you just pop the implant on and it comes in a big box because it's got a very clever delivery system um, with it. And to take it out you just reverse the process, make a tiny little um, cut in there and the implant on just pops out. An IUD is a little bit more of an involved process. Um, we put the IUDs in, in the rooms and women tolerate the, the procedure extremely well. And as I say, convenience of lasting for five years is a, is a big selling point for an IUD. And the fact that for a lot of women with a Mirena, they're not going to get a period is another mm. um, very big selling point for an IUD. <laughs> is there, and what, what kind of cost are we looking at here? So if, if um, people have a Medicare card, they're on a PBS, so they're a very, very effective method, uh, cost-effective method of contraception. So one PBS script will last you for five years. In fact, this is completely off topic, Joe, but I'm old enough to remember that when Mirenas were first um, released and they cost, I think, $375. And what the uh, rep who was coming around said, oh, we added up the cost of pads and tampons for five years and you're still in front with a script for a Mirena, <laughs> which seemed an odd selling point. But um, but now they're just a, a, a normal script cost. So. Appeals to the practical woman, I think. Yes, so. yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you... if. So how long do they take before they start working? So they, they take seven days before they become effective. But if you put them in in the first um, five days of somebody's cycle, so day one is the first day of their period, so any time between day one and day five, then they will start working immediately. But otherwise, they'll take seven days before they become effective. Okay. And um, are there side effects that we need to know about? Well, if we think about the implanon, first of all, there is going to be a change in the bleeding pattern. 
something I should have said, another advantage of, of larks is that they don't contain oestrogen. So women who can't take oestrogen, maybe they get migraines with visual disturbances or that they have a history that means that it's not safe for them to take the pill. They are by and large safe to take the implanons and the IUDs. But because they've only got the one hormone in them, they are going to get some irregular bleeding when they first start taking it. Most of the time that's going to settle down. And with an implanon, you've got a one in five chance of getting no periods at all, which is quite safe for us to have no periods at all. You've got a three in five chance of your period staying about the same, and you've got a one in five chance of your periods being a nuisance. But if you're in that one in five chance, there is medication that we can give you so that you uh, we can, by and large, um, make, make those periods settle down so that they're not a problem for them. With the IUD, you can get some uh, crampy pain and some irregular bleeding when it first goes in and it's really normal to get some spotting for a couple of months but after that the vast majority of women find that they get very light periods if they get anything at all. So it is okay for our health not to have periods? That's, yeah, we're yeah. the only, we're the only um, generation of women who expect to get periods as many as we do it's, it's, um, if we think back to 60 years ago before contraception was available, um, women would um, get married, get pregnant, no periods then, be breastfeeding for seven or eight months, then get pregnant again, and menopause happened much earlier. So we're, we're this group of women who think that we need to have a period every, every month for, for decades, and there's absolutely no reason why we should do that. So yes, it's quite safe not to have a period every month. I had always wondered how they managed periods in Jane Austen's time, but yes. maybe they didn't as maybe, much. I, yeah. no, I, re- I don't reckon they did. So um, just a couple of questions about IUDs. We've been asked at various times. Can you have an IUD if you haven't had a baby? Yes. Um, Probably about 40% of the IUDs I put in are in um, women who haven't had a baby. And, you know, a lot of women have been told, oh, you can't do that or it's going to be much more painful or more difficult. My experience is that it it isn't. um, It's actually quite easy technically to put an IUD in in somebody who hasn't had a hasn't had a pregnancy really important to see your doctor for an assessment first and you'll get some good advice about what to do to make that day a little bit easier for you so we tend to suggest that people have had plenty to eat and drink and that they've taken some painkillers about an hour or so before they come to see us and we use a wheat pack where, uh, as a warm pack on their tummies, which helps to relax the tummy muscles. And often if you go home and have a wheat pack on your tummy, that'll help too. Would you say it's normal for women to be a bit anxious coming in? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I, I think it's completely normal. You're going to have something done that you haven't had done before. You're not quite sure how you go. I always say to everybody, this is something that we do together. So there's always a nurse in the room. So the nurse or the doctor and the woman work together. And if at any point somebody feels like this is too much for them, they just tell us and we stop. And by the same token, if I think this is going to be a really difficult insert, I'll stop and have a conversation and the nurse gets a vote between us too. And if a woman thinks, look, I really want to have an IUD, but I just don't want to be awake um, when I'm having that done, they can get a referral to the public hospital and it can be done under sedation in the public system. There is a bit of a waiting time for that. um, But certainly, you know, the IUDs can be great things for women and they don't have to be awake when they've had it done. But I'll often say to people, look, why don't we just try and see how you go? 
knowing that at any time we can stop and it's quite unusual to not be able to get an IUD in because a woman is finding it too difficult to tolerate. Mm, that's good to know though that you can do that. One of their po- um, podcasts in this series is about reusable menstrual products. So Fantastic. we're quite interested yes. in moon cups. Yes. Can you use an IUD if you use a moon yes, cup? Yes, you can. Yeah. Yep. Most of the time when an IUD ha- has gone in, you know that the IUD sits up in the uterus and the, the, the threads come down about two centimetres out through the, the os, which is the cervix. And they don't tend to to stay like that. They tend to curve up around the side of the cervix so that the threads are nowhere near where the menstrual cup is going to go. So I think often with menstrual cups, they suggest that you break the suction a little bit before you reduce. It's exactly the same. You just break the suction a little bit before you remove it. And then there hasn't been any... um, good evidence that people pull out their IUDs when they when they use the menstrual cups. Okay. And of course, with a Mirena IUD, you're not going to be getting a period, so your menstrual cup can stay in the cupboard. So what do women know about larks? They seem to be a relatively new thing. Um, I think often they don't know, and I, I think that sometimes women go to the doctor and they say, I want to go on the pill. And they don't necessarily mean they want to go on the pill. What they mean is that they're having sex and they need to have a contraception, but somehow it seems a bit politer to say, I want to go on the pill. And it's often good to have that conversation with women about, that's fantastic, but we need to make sure that you've got the best contraception for you and your particular needs. So if an unplanned pregnancy would be something very, very difficult for a woman to cope with, then you're probably going to want to look for a method of contraception that is highly effective. Whereas if a pregnancy would be less of a drama, then you could probably use one of the less reliable methods of contraception. Um, a lot of women, you, you, you're right, Joe. your comment about can women who've not had a baby have an IUD, that is a very common mi- a misconception. Um, and as I say, I, I would think at least 40% of the IUDs I put in are in women who haven't had a, haven't had a pregnancy. There's no evidence that um, implanons or IUDs affect women's fertility going forward. One of the things that people used to do is that they would have the implants and then they'd think I'd go on the pill for three months to get my periods back before I start trying to have a baby. Actually, the return to fertility when you take an implant out or an IUD out is very, very quick. You can become fertile within 18 hours of taking an implant or an IUD out. We often say, well, we do say to people, if we're replacing an IUD, you can't have sex for seven days before we replace it just in case we can't get the next one in and her sperm are tenacious little things and they can hang around and people get, get pregnant. But the point is that the return to fertility is so quick when you take implants and IUDs out. So you don't need to sort of have another interim plan while you're starting to get ready to think about getting pregnant. Well, that's also good to know. Um, so the, um, it strikes me in this conversation that you need different kinds of contraceptive at different times of your life absolutely but we tend to go on one and stay on it for years and years and years don't we so yeah so thinking about that and reviewing your contraception i think that's a really good uh, good idea joe because you're right people go well i've been on the pill maybe i need to stay on the pill what's right for you at one stage of your life may be completely different at another stage of your life and sometimes people have had implants when they've been very young and then they've they've had lots of spotting and it hasn't really agreed with them 
that seems to be um, specific to that particular age or stage that somebody's at. So you could have an implant a little bit later on and have no problems at all with it. I think it's just that openness to thinking, what is right for me at this particular stage of my life? Um, and yeah, thinking that it may not be what it was five years ago or, or 10 years ago. So good advice to women to, you know, bring it as a conversation to their GP Absolutely. semi-regularly. Yeah. yeah. Probably just one more last plug for IUDs actually is uh, that my arenas are fantastic for women who are in the perimenopausal transition following on from our previous conversation ah. that if a woman is going to use, um, going to have HRT, they can use the Mirena IUD as the progesterone component of HRT. So another, you can get the contraceptive benefit and you can also get the HRT benefit from it too. Oh, there you go, campers. There's a bit of good advice. <laughs> so should we mention condoms, Sue? Yes, we definitely should mention condoms. Implants and IUDs and the pill are all good methods of contraception, but they're useless against protecting against STIs. Um, the nicest people in the world can have an STI and not know that they've got it. Um, really important, particularly um, younger people are better at using and negotiating use of condoms. Um, we see a lot of women in their 30s or 40s or 50s who've come out of long-term relationships who find it very difficult to or don't want to talk about condom use with, with new partners and it's very, very important that we remember that contraceptions aren't protective against um, STIs and the only thing that you can use to protect against STIs are condoms. Yeah.